All right, welcome guys to The Anxious Creative. I've got a very special treat for you today. We've got Sarai, AKA the Platinum Giraffe, um, here with us today just to talk about the world and what's going on right now. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. So welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm so pumped to be here. So yeah. excited, especially because you know I have an obsession with Canadians. <laughs> so it. it's nice to be talking to a Canadian. Yeah. Let's like, we should keep track. You should keep track of how many times I say something very Canadian. Oh God, I need somebody else in the room to keep A little ticker. Out. Yeah, like a ticker, <laughs> totally. I do you just like keep on track on your hands. Oh. I think I, I have a feeling I'm going to run out. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. And I know you don't say a boot, but like. Sometimes. Sometimes you, you do. But sorry is my absolute favorite thing <laughs> ever. I it, love it. It's so like heartfelt and polite and kind. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you located? So I'm smack dab in the middle of the United States. I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Throw a dart at a map. We're right there. The city was there. Isn't that where like Kimmy Schmidt is from? Did you ever watch the incredible? Did you watch the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No. I was oh. like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. It's such a good show. You've got to watch it. That's what everybody has said that to me, and I still have yet to watch it. I literally have no excuse now. No. no. <laughs> now you hold on. Let's just pause this recording. <laughs> Um, I see that. Okay. So for anyone that may be listening into this like years or months from now, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We're on what week two or three. I don't know when it technically started. Um, I've shown up today, like very, like, um, I don't know what would you say. Oh, natural. <laughs> um, just to give a brief look into what life looks like some days, some days we have highs, some days we have lows. I don't have any nails anymore. I see you've got your nails still. I do. They are, if I hold it up close, they're, oh uh, yeah! Oh wow! Yeah, they're about to come off, so I'm fully prepared to take them off. Also, my lash extensions are gone, and these are glue-ons. So oh, nice! That's where we are in the state of things. Yeah. So for any of you guys that are just listening, if you didn't know, the Anxious Creative is now on YouTube. You can go have a look at our beautiful get-ups today. <laughs> if you would like to see that. Um, so tell me a little bit about, I know we've, we've like connected on Instagram and stuff, but let everyone know a little bit about who you are, um, what you're about and, and that sort of thing. So I have been a hairstylist for about 15 years mm -hmm. and I always say the first, I don't know, 10 or 11 were practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely was not sober and mm -hmm. four years ago I got sober and Good for you. Okay. Thank you. That's a, that's a big part of, of my story and my journey. And I was a hot mess before that and completely turned my life around. When I got sober, I decided to stop talking about things and start being about things. And so that's when I really delved into education, taking all the classes I could get my hands on. And I went from this hairstylist who had these hopes and dreams and aspirations of what I'm doing now into I'm living this. So it's, it's amazing to me the, the power of the human mind. And I think it's so appropriate that this is called anxious creatives because, you know, I think we do have such 
crazy brains. And it's like, how do we rein all of that in and we can become slaves to our brain or we can learn how to utilize those crazy thoughts and turn them into something good and something positive. I love that you just said that like my aha moment of what you just said was like, we become slaves to our brains. And it's like, that's truly what it is. Like we're not a slave to anything else, but our thoughts. Yeah. And And so when you, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's crazy because it doesn't matter who you're around or not around. Like we are never left without our own thoughts. And so the power that our brain holds is insane. So being able to flip that script from that negative self-talk into that positive Mm self-talk, you know, you say it enough, you start to believe it, then you start to act it, and then you start to live it. Totally. So walk me through when you, if you're okay with chatting about this, when you decided to get sober, did you find your anxiety went up because all of a sudden you were faced with yourself? No escape? Yeah. Um, the first year was insanely difficult. And I went through this, I have termed it the we fucks because (laughs) (laughs) it's like you stop drinking and then your brain chemicals are all sort of messed up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I can do this. And you're going up this hill and you're like, yeah, this is amazing. Oh my God. I love it. And all of a sudden you're like, fuck, I can't do this. Yeah. Oh, in a matter of a single day, there's so many ups and downs. And it was just like this anxious, uncharted territory. And once again, going back to the point of I'm left with my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so for me, in the past, how I dealt with my own thoughts is I would drown them out. I would shut them the fuck up and I would, you know, whether it was my drug use or my alcohol, I would, I would numb out and I wouldn't deal with things. So then all of a sudden you take those chemicals away and you are face to face with your demons, man. (laughs) Mm. You can't outrun your head. And so that was really hard for me in the beginning is going from not feeling to feeling so much and so intensely that there were some days I didn't know what to do. It was just like one foot in front of the other, you know, they say one day at a time. And honestly, it's one moment at a time some days. Yeah. And I don't think even society realizes how much we, whether it's drugs or alcohol or food or exercise, what we do to numb out those feelings. And I think, um, like, do you feel like going through that time, you said four years ago, five years ago, um, has now helped you prepare for our current circumstance in this pandemic? Yes. Honestly, yes. I can't imagine my old brain being able to, to, to get through what we are experiencing right now. And it's not to say that I don't get anxiety or that I don't get, you know, these weird feelings or triggers. Um, you know, this has been the first time for me that I've actually been like, oh my God, like I, I could drink, like I could actually drink. But then I'm like, no, that's the dumbest shit ever. Like you need to have a straight mind to get through this. Like this is hard enough, mm-hmm. let alone especially for an addictive personality to add any sort of substance to it. It's just so dumb. So I feel like, I feel like I've been training for this my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my time has arrived. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, I feel like I've been through really insanely hard stuff in my sobriety and dealing with those feelings and not running from them that now I'm like, okay, you know what? I feel like crap. Like I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to sit and I'm going to allow myself to feel like crap for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. 24 hours that needs to go. And I'm, I'm done. Wow. I like that. Actually, just this weekend, I was just feeling like so bleh. And I was like, why am I trying to push myself into being productive? And I know I saw someone post on social media, like it's not a productivity challenge right now. And I was like, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Um, it's really not. And I feel like everyone's like, use this time. And I actually saw, I'm totally going on a tangent. It's kind of what I do. My brain starts. <laughs> um, but I saw someone post like that, like, this is such a blessing right now. And I was like, whoa, hold up. It's not a blessing. Like you can't, you can't say that for all the people who have family and loved ones who are sick. Like yeah. it's not a blessing. Um, like it's not like, but like, how can we be gentle with ourselves? Cause it's not just free time. It's not just time off. And I guess where I was originally going with that is this weekend I was feeling so heavy and I was like, you know what? It's not just a normal weekend. Yeah. Like there's so much. And, and as like creative people, I think we absorb so much of like the, whatever is energy that's going on or whatever word people want to use for it, that if you feel that just to sit in it. And I literally just sat on the couch for like a good 48 hours and watched so much Netflix and ate yeah. so much food, which like binge eating is a thing that I know I use to escape, which I need yeah. to really keep in check, but being like, okay, for, for this amount of time, I'm going to allow myself just to you know, be and need what I need. And so I think that was really, really good. But yeah, knowing not to like go into those old patterns and like, you don't really escape. You only escape for a moment and then it comes back. And that's, and that's the thing about, you know, the, the addiction mentality mm -hmm. is, you know, it's like, okay, I need to numb out to feel better. And then you numb out and then guess what? Those feelings haven't gone anywhere. And now they're probably intensified and multiplied. And it's like, it's this vicious circle. So that's why in my sobriety, I found that sitting, sitting in my yuck is one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I think it is so necessary to learn to sit with your feelings. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole of if this, then this, and but only allow yourself a certain amount of time, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, a day, two days, but it's like, you can't address those feelings if you don't sit in that yuck. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who's like, the yuck is so painful? Oh, and... yeah. It is. <laughs> it 1000% is. You know, I think this sort of current situation that we're in with this pandemic, and we all have to stay home and we all have to sit in our yuck, quote unquote. I feel like I still struggle with some of those things. And it's like, I feel like sitting in your yuck is so hard, but it's necessary. It's necessary to grow. So when you sit in your yuck, cry, scream, yell, journal, like whatever it is that you need to do, like this week or last week, I had a full-blown two-day cry fest, full-blown melt down. <laughs> I love that you posted it on social media. I did. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And that's how I knew I needed to do it is because 
it felt like, oh, I'm feeling kind of vulnerable. I don't know if I should do this. So I was like, yes, if I'm feeling this way, it needs to be out there. So yeah, mm -hmm. sitting in your yuck, it sucks. There's no way to avoid it. And it's necessary in order to figure out like, okay, well, this is important and this isn't, or it's okay to feel like this. You know, there's, there's so much that we can do when we sit in that after we come out of it. Mm -hmm. I used my little breakdown, if you will, um, to cry. And you know what I realized? I hadn't cried in a really long time. And it is so freaking cathartic. And exhausting. Oh, totally. <laughs> I felt like I ran a marathon after crying for two days. Yeah, yeah. But what happened that next morning after I had cried every tear I had, I woke up with clarity. Mm. And it was like, I don't know, it's this fog, this veil had lifted. I had cried. I had thought about every shitty scenario possible. And it was like, I woke up and I was like, okay. Well, none of the, those shitty things happened. The world didn't end. Right. I have a new perspective. Mm -hmm. so I, I think that it's important to sit with the yuck and the pain so that you do have a different perspective. Yeah, I like that. So what are you doing? Because you're not at work, right? No. How long have you been, how long have you been off work? Three weeks. Oof. And do you, does, does Missouri have a certain date that you can, that they're saying you can go back yet? Supposedly April 30th, I believe, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I have no hope as far as getting back in May or June or I don't know. And I think it's, for me, it's pointless to, to wonder. So mm -hmm. I just, when we go back, we go back. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I know I spoke to someone earlier today and I forget I think it's uh, Virginia, it's like June 12th or something, which seems more likely. So what are you doing? I know financial stress is a huge one for most people. Like if financial stress didn't play a part, things would, people wouldn't be as panicky as they are right now. Um, but what are you doing to help keep your mental health in a good place day to day? Do you have a good routine? Um, what are some of your tips and tricks that are working for you? Knowing that they don't work, you know, it's not a one size fits all. Absolutely. Um, and that there's the ebb and flow of like, when you have a shit day, when you wake up and you know it's going to be a crap day, what do you do? Do you maintain your routine? Like, what are you doing to help you get through this time? So I do try to get up around the same time between, you know, 6 and 7 a.m. I don't like to sleep in. Um, I try to go to bed at the same time. But, you know, my morning coffee is always my thing. And it's get up, it's get dressed, you know, have my breakfast. And then honestly it's how I feel after that. So if I feel sluggish, I mean, it may be noon before I'm like, you know what, let's make a video or, Hey, I really need to do this. One of the most important things for me is to check in with people. So my friends, you know, my salon, we have a chat group. Um, I can talk to my husband. Luckily he understands my weird brain and I can just be like, babe, I'm just, I'm having a shit day. Um, so I think that Keeping somewhat of a routine for me is important, but also allowing myself that freedom and to not be guilted if I just want to sit in my fucking pajamas and watch Netflix. Yeah. And I think I know, like so many people are like, use this to work on your business. And I'm like, yeah, but like yeah. also there's a heaviness going on right yeah. now. 
for sure. It's not, it's not a normal break. I mean, this isn't, you know, a vacation. So I don't think there's any right way or wrong way to deal with any of this. And I think that we all need to extend ourselves a little more grace and understanding during this because I don't know a single human on this planet who's lived through anything like this before. Right. So we're all in uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all just trying to do the best we can to get through it. Yeah. Hey, are you into astrology? I am. Okay. I have to read you this thing while while we're recording because I feel like so many people need to hear it. And just when you were saying like no one on this earth has gone through this before, this I thought was like such an interesting thing. So it says the last time Pluto was in transiting the degree of Capricorn that it is right now, this stuff doesn't really make that much sense to me, but I, <laughs> I hope it makes sense. <laughs> but basically it said the last time Pluto was the way it is right now was the American revolution. The last time Uranus transited Taurus as it is right now was the end of the great depression. The last time Neptune was transiting Pisces as it is right now was near the beginning of the end of American slavery. Today, now, this is a major shift of social evolution. It is happening now. I just got full body (laughs) goosebumps. Isn't that unreal? Like each of those things, a major event happened in the world and all three of those things are aligned right now, which is kind of freaky. And I'm not one, like, I don't read the news. I can't, like, it makes me anxious. Like it's, there's too much, um, opinion getting put out as fact. Yeah. And it's too scary and it's too fear-mongering. Um and I know like I try not to look ahead like sometimes I think like what is the world going to look like? And it's going to look different, but we've been through like in the 1930s they got through the mm-hmm. great depression. You know, we've been through civil rights movement and like I you know, we we've made major shifts, which is good that people probably didn't know what things were going to look like after a certain, you know, and I think it's really amazing to see our community and our industry banding together. Um, But what are your thoughts of how, without getting any sort of fear or anything, how do you think like our industry will look after this? I, I have my hopes of, you know, we come together, there's, it's much more supportive as far as brands supporting artists. I think artists supporting artists. I think this was such a reality check for so many stylists who, and I know stylists aren't the only people to live, you know, paycheck to paycheck, but I think our industry was hit one of the most hard, if not the most hardest hit, right? So I think that I don't know that there will be like a union per se, but I think we'll all sort of look at things differently as far as like savings and 401ks and having that, like, let's say a three month, you know, cushion or a six month. So, you know, you, you take that bad and you turn it into something positive. And, you know, I don't know as far as our industry as a whole, you know, I could sit there and speculate, but I don't know. I mean, I think we, We've always been aware of sanitation, but I think it's going to be, you know, instead of double booking, like it's one client at a time for a while. And Mm. so I think it's, I think it's going to be a shift and, you know, you could look at it a a good or a bad thing, but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be different and I'm, I'm hopeful. I always like to stay on the positive side of things. So, you know, 
I wish I had a crystal ball and I could be like, you guys, this is how it's going to be, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think like, you know, the fact that we like have barbicide and all that sort of like we have to sanitize our tools. I think I can see like health regulations going up. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people will ever stop getting their hair done. No, because even right now during this pandemic, everybody has seen it. Their clients are texting them or you've had a client text you or, you know, you know, somebody who has like, the thing is, it's never going to stop. People are always going to want to get their hair done. It's mm -hmm. just going to look different mm -hmm. on the other side of this. Do you think there'll be an uprise of people like smaller salons, like rather than big, massive salons with lots of people, like five, five chairs or less or 10 chairs or less? You know, it's hard to say because how long is this going to go on? Is this the rest of our lives? Right. right. Is this the first of many? So I think the bigger salons are going to change things as far as like one in, one out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know as far as like suites or if there's going to be a boom in salon suites or if people will open up, you know, smaller salons, because I think that that's maybe a reaction to this as opposed to a long-term solution. Yeah, there'll be a pendulum swing where it's like, we were off work, people are going to panic, people are going to burn themselves out because they're going to go back to full tilt. Yep. Uh, and that's something that I'm working on right now, doing a, a class in a couple of weeks of just like boundaries on getting back to work because it's going to yeah. be tempting to want to make all the money. Honestly, everyone in. Yeah, but, I'm so glad that you're touching on that because you know, our, our tendency is we're people pleasers, right? We mm -hmm. love people. A lot of us are empaths. And so it's like, we've been held back from doing what we love. So it's like full bore. And that is such a bad idea. It's terrible because burnout is real. And even if you think burnout can't happen to you, I promise you it can. So you have to find that balance. And honest to God, if you've been thinking about it, what better fucking time than now to put in those boundaries? Mm-hmm. I'm huge on boundaries and, and how to, I'm like, a boundary doesn't work unless you communicate it. And a boundary yeah. doesn't work unless you follow through on it. Communicating it, you can't be pissed at your clients yep. when they, and this is something I like dive deep into inside my program, but like, it's one thing to be like, so I'm no longer working outside my regular hours. And then when a client asks for you to work outside your hours, you can't be mad at them. You have to be, you have to follow through on your own boundary and say yep. no. But people, and for, for me, for many years, for the first 15 years of my career, I thought the only answer to a question was yes. Same. Right? Same. Mm -hmm. And so I only, I never asked people questions unless I thought I got a guaranteed yes. And if they gave me a no, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I felt like I would have felt obligated. But it's like, so it's made my social circle a little bit smaller. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because not a lot of people understand healthy boundaries. And when I've learned to say no, people are like, what, what? And I'm like, Oh, like, thank you. But no, thank you. Or like, unfortunately that's not going to work for me. And like, there's ways to communicate it with kindness, compassion, and empathy. I always say that. And you can say things that are like, I'm not doing this to you or at you. I'm doing this for you. Um, and that empowers your clients so much. But yeah, I think the biggest struggle when we get to that place of going back is making sure we put in, like work a little extra, sure. sure. But not 24 seven, no days no. off, three months, and then you're back to the grind and you're miserable and you're burnt out. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I always say like, but that's a big part of my story. Like burnout ain't cute. Like I ended up in the hospital thinking I was yeah. dying Yeah, and it was just a severe panic attack. Yeah. And I think anybody who's been in this industry for, you know, more than 10 years has probably experienced burnout. And I, you know, I never thought it could happen to me and it did, you know, yeah. here, same thing. Like ended up in the hospital so sick for three months and, you know, it was just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do something different. I gotta step back and mm -hmm. reevaluate things. Like if you're and not loving what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you don't want to have to hit that burnout paid place because it's a lot harder to recover from it. Yeah. And I know so, a lot of people don't recover when they get burnout. They just, they're no. done. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost quit the industry and it started, it started with me moving and like wanting to put on this really good front. Like I was in a bigger city and I wanted to make sure like people, like I'm like, ah, oh, I belong here. And I was like, I don't belong here. I feel like I don't belong. <laughs> I belong here. <laughs> and then like one client not liking their hair. And I forgot about all the clients that liked their hair. I just focused in on this one. And I always tell the story of, it was one of the NHL hockey wives and I was working from home and I was like, I swear to God at the next hockey game, they're going to go on the loudspeaker. They're going to be like, do not go see Don Bradley. Like my anxiety just like took over. <laughs> and then I had a girl, a chemical reaction happen and thought like, oh my gosh, I'm 14 years into my career at this point, And I clearly don't know how to do hair. Yeah. And I like assumed it was all me because I had been, I had so much imposter syndrome that I was like pushing down mm -hmm. and trying to pretend like I was perfect. And then it all caught up with me. And I still have like, I can notice my triggers and like where mm -hmm. I'm getting that place. And I'm like, calm down. So I'm curious, like, because you and I have gone through these like crash and burn moments before in our careers. Um, and not that this is a crash and burn moment, but this is a real like pause on our industry and on the world. Um, but do you have any, like, have you had any reflection of how, are there any things you're going to change when you go back or are there going to be some healthier boundaries or healthier practices or what are you going to instill now that you've, now that you've had the time to kind of reflect? So I love that you're asking this question because I am a tried and true workaholic. I have always been that way. Even in this industry, I love it so much. I'm a workaholic and I am that asshole that works 14 hour days and doesn't pee. And I, I love it. It energizes me. And I know it sounds crazy, but no, I like that doesn't pee. Cause that's me too. Yeah. Doesn't eat, doesn't pee. So it's, it's kind of funny that this for me came at this time where I'm trying to transition. My amazing assistant has been with me a year and she has just been my right hand girl. And so this year was trying to figure out how to transition her into, you know, taking more of my clients, helping her build her clientele while I step back a little and I focus on my education and I focus on more of like a mentoring role. So the first two weeks I was like, I'm going to work 24 seven when I get back in. And then I was like, no, that's dumb. So yeah, I definitely have different plans when I get back. And it does consist of me keeping my, I was only working Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and I was traveling like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then off Tuesday. So oh my goodness. I know I told every you weekend you're traveling. I was booked every single weekend from second week, third week of February to November 16th, every single weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm a psychopath. I told you, I know I, I operate on a different level. So I've decided I'm still keeping 
my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's it. Because I need that time to work on me and my next phase of my career. And I, I love my clients. I love being behind the chair, but this has really made me step back and think, what's, what's the next, what's the next step for you? And, you know, I've wanted to put my stuff online for a while, my, my online education. I definitely want to get into the role of, you know, virtual mentor. So I think for me, I'm <coughs> step back from the chair and, you know, let my assistant shine. Like it's her time, you know? Good for you. Now so stick to it. Check in on me. Cause I, that's need what I was just going to say. I was like, so what kind of accountability can I hold you to? Um, because that's the thing that I find is we have these plans. We're like, yep, yep, yep. And then we get into, we take the leap and we can't see the ground and we panic. And I actually, have you seen the movie free solo? Mm-mm. Okay. This is like the millionth time I've used this example, but he's like, he's all about climbing mountains without gear. So oh, if yeah. he falls, he's done. And there's a part in the movie where he has to, he's holding on here and he has to get here, but he actually has to like let go and push off in order to get here. But most of the time in life, what we want to do is we want to hold on and we want to hold on there and then let go. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we have to like push off and maintain momentum. But if we don't push hard enough or if we hesitate, we fall back or we just don't, we stay here. And so I know that's a little bit off what we were saying, but like, how can you take, how will you take the leap and feel the discomfort of that first, like four to six weeks of not traveling every weekend? Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard, but I think because I have had so much time to reflect and I'm telling people about it and I'm Mm -hmm. talking about it, um, that, you know, and, and I made the call to my assistant where I was like, listen, I know you're stressed about money and I know all this, but like, when you get back, like, I'm giving you this gift of a full booked clientele because I want you to do this and I need to do this for me. So I love that. I have accountability there because she'll be like, yo, bitch, where's my client? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the thing. There's so many times in my life where I'm like, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to tell anyone because I, and like, I'm not, I'm lying to myself because I'm like, in the back of my head, it's like, if you don't tell no one, you don't have to follow through. But as soon as I'm accountable to other people, then shit, I got to follow yeah. through. And so there's huge power and just not even that people check up on you. You just know that they know. Oh, hundred percent. Like, and honestly, when I first got sober, that was one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle for me was accountability. Mm-hmm. I told, I was ashamed. So I told my husband and my boss at first and I shared my location. So they had me 24 seven. And then it was like, then I would tell a few stylists and then I would tell a few clients. And I found the more that I spoke about it, that I was vocal, that it made me go, okay, well, like, I don't want to go back to that. Or I can't go back to that. Like all these people know, and not that I live for other people's opinions, but it's just, you're more accountable when you are vocal. 
Well, I feel honored that you shared that with me that you're going to do that. And I'm excited for you to put more stuff online and be able to reach more people because you're such an amazing person and you have such a gift to share with the world. So thank you so much for coming and sharing on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Like I've been following you for so long on social media and then through all of this pandemic, we just connected and it was like, all right, here we are. (laughs) I know. I love it. And I actually, I feel like I'm, I like retreated off of social media for a couple years because it like yeah. caused me so much anxiety and now I'm kind of slowly having my comeback well, no, um, so how- you're doing it slow too you're not just full bore and you know you yeah. pace you know what and so you know what I find as I'm wrapping up and getting back into another topic is so many people are stressed out about social media and I'm so excited that I can show them you can be hugely successful without having to be on social media 24 seven. Like Which everyone's is- rules of like engaging, liking, commenting, like, yes, community. Yes, yes, yes. However, there is world, there's a world and there's business outside of social media yeah, and totally. it's, it can be, you can be great at it. Absolutely. Um, so where can people find you? After well, this podcast. right now I'm quarantined. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if they want to connect with you virtually. <laughs> no, um, I have a website mm-hmm. and it is platinumgiraffe.com. Love so it. you can email me there. I'm on Instagram as the platinum giraffe. Um, wait, 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 how did you come up with the name? Okay. So it was <laughs> because I felt like I, my original Instagram name was Sarai Hair Wizard. So S-A-R-A-I, hair wizard. If you don't know how to pronounce Sarai, you probably don't know how to spell it. So I felt like I wasn't getting reach out there. Like my work was really good, but I I wasn't building a following. So I thought, I think my, my name just sucks. So I need to change it. I spent two hours thinking of what do I like? What are some of my nicknames? Like, what am I known for? I mean, I had four pages of just words. And I finally was like, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at platinums and my nickname's Baby Giraffe because I'm like six foot tall and I'm like limmy and weird and gangly. And and I was like, Platinum Giraffe. And my friend who was there was like, I don't like it. And her husband was like, I love it. And I was like, I'll marinate on it. Two hours later, I was like, I'm the fucking Platinum Giraffe, y'all. Love it. Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It started out as a name change, which turned into a brand. I had no idea about branding or any of that. And it's just, it's kind of evolved into, I got a brand. <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. Uh, I feel like we could talk forever. This has been oh, so yeah. great. And I would love to have you back just to chat more about, you're just an amazing human. Thank you. I would love it. Anytime, Don. I would love it so much. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you go and follow her, reach out to her on her website um, and stay tuned for all your upcoming stuff that you're going to be doing. I'm excited to see it. All right. Thanks again for joining me and we'll talk to you soon.